Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest with me today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Caroline, and my Instagram is at Caroline's Fit Life, and that's also my TikTok username. Um, I'm a cross-country and track athlete at the University of Pittsburgh, and I'm also a nursing student, and I'm just passionate about fueling your body and eating good food and just living your best life. Yeah, that's awesome. So on your social media, obviously, as you said, you run cross-country and track. How did you get into running? What's your background, your childhood with it? Like, give us the whole rundown. Yeah, so I didn't get into running until my sophomore year of high school. I was a big soccer and basketball player growing up, thought I wanted to do soccer in college, like never really, distance running just never crossed my mind whatsoever. Um, And then my sister, who's two years older than me, she started doing cross country and track in high school. And I would come to some of her races and I just thought like the team looked like so much fun. Everyone was super nice. But again, I just never really saw myself doing the sport because I loved soccer and basketball so much. And then, so my freshman year of high school, all of my friends ended up doing cross country and I kind of got FOMO not being on the team and they were always together every day. So I was like, well, maybe I'll try cross country because um, in Virginia, where I went to high school, soccer is a spring sport, basketball is a winter sport. So I thought I could do cross country in the fall just to like stay in shape. Yeah, and yeah. Um, get more endurance for soccer. And then I ended up loving it. So I loved my first season of cross country and I ended up quitting soccer and basketball in the coming years uh, to focus on running in high school. And then here I am today. <laughs> There's some sort of pipeline with soccer to like D1, D1 runner because I, it's funny. I thought like a lot of oh, runners sorry, you go, you go. And they're all oh I was a soccer player and I quit because I love running but I just ran to get in shape and then it became like I'm running D1 I was like what is going on yeah I know that's happened to so many people like I know Mackenzie was a soccer yeah, player yeah um and just so many other <laughs> runners but I know my high school coach would always say like I was be- going to be the next soccer player he would convert and I was like no I'm never quitting soccer but then I did <laughs> yeah that's funny so with running obviously it's not all great. There are risks and injuries. And I know you've dealt with several um, and you've shared pretty openly on social media. So what are the injuries you've had with running? Yeah, so um, I was never like an injury prone athlete growing up. Um, Even like when I started running, I feel like almost every new runner will get shin splints. I never did. Um, And then towards the end of my high school career, I struggled with fueling myself properly. And so then my freshman year of college, I got a stress fracture in my sacrum and that was a, it was a pretty bad stress fracture and I had to be on crutches for three months. And that was like definitely tough. Cause that was really the first time, like in my life that I was pulled out of running, which was something I loved. And, um, I did end up just getting a partial re-injury then, um, a few months later from that initial stress fracture, but so far, that's been really my only injury. So I'm just hoping I can keep it that Fingers way. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. And taking so much time off of running, how did it feel to know you had to stop doing it? Yeah, that was really hard for me. Um, probably one of the hardest things I've had to deal with in my life so far, because for pretty much my whole life, like I was the athlete, I was the sporty one um, ever since I was literally like five years old. And so I realized when I had to stop running that I was putting way too much of my identity in myself as an athlete and I was basing too much of my worth on athletic validation 
And once I didn't have that anymore, it was like really tough for me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Who am I kind of? Um, and so it was just hard. And, I, and at the time, you know, I was still struggling with my eating disorder. So it was also really tough to just stop all exercise for my injury. Um, but it was honestly like the best thing that could have happened to me because it really forced me to, to start recovery. And I don't think if I had that injury and that kind of rock bottom moment, I don't know if I would have ever recovered um, or it would have taken me a lot longer too. So I am just really grateful for that. Yeah, usually there's a thing with athletes putting too much of their identity into their sport or seeking validation from their sport. And like I'm in recovery, something I really noticed when I stopped is how much I relied on running to like make me who I am. Um, you know, and I'm a Christian and I was like, if I seek more, if I more of my identity is in running than it is in God, like that's a bad thing, you know? And so yeah. I think as hard as injuries are, they're a blessing at the same time because they force you to seek outside of your current, like things you identify with, you know? And yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's something definitely like we hate injuries, but they're helpful sometimes. Yeah, no, I'm obviously a Christian as well. And um, my faith is, was a huge part of my recovery journey. Um, and I really do think that my injury was God's way of telling me that I needed to recover because for so long, um, I kind of knew I needed to change. I knew I had a problem, um, but I was just, just so paralyzed in that kind of fear that I just couldn't seem to change. And I would just pray all the time to God, like, please, you know, help me to recover, give me the strength to recover. And that injury was God's way of answering my prayer and giving me that strength to recover. And um, I think just my faith, again, I realized, you know, I was putting not, I thought I was putting all my identity in being a Christian, but I really wasn't. And so it was a good like wake up call for me um, to focus on just realizing how life is so much bigger than just a sport and just it's so much bigger than running and I just um it helps me to rely on God a lot more and just remember that like he has a plan and no matter what I'm gonna get through it yeah so with that being said in your injury I think there's often a period of denial um how did you kind of overcome that and like trust God's timing because I know that can be hard like battling with what we think our timeline is versus what God's timeline is for us yeah, um, it was really tough at first because um, I'm very much of like a planner. I like to be kind of in control of what I want to do with my life. And at that moment, I was completely out of control because, you know, all of the goals I had set for my freshman year, you know, wanting to make ACCs, wanting to, you know, get close to school records or, you know, be in the top seven cross country, like all of that was just gone. And um, I had to really sit with the fact that, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. And like these goals right now are not going to happen. You know, that's a certainty. And so um, it was definitely tough. And, um, but I was really lucky just to have some great mentors in my life and just um, my parents, my friends, um, people from church. I just had a really great support system. And so um, through those, through those mentors and loved ones, um, they would always just tell me that you just have to trust that in the future, you're going to look back and see that God's timing was correct. And I think right now, being out on the other side, I can really look back and see that his timing was really perfect because um, that, you know, that injury gave me the wake up call I needed to recover. And then this past year, um, since I had to take a step away from the team after my injury at Pitt, and I spent this whole past year off of the team, you know, recovering and getting back into running. And since I wasn't a D1 athlete this year, um, it, again, 
God really had a plan for me and I was able to just like expand my life and expand my identity to more than just running and just realize, you know, that being a D1 athlete is not the most important thing in life. And that was just like, so, so powerful. It was just a year of so much self-growth and um, just discovery. So I think looking back, I can see that, you know, God did really have a great plan. And the cool thing about running is that it's, it doesn't end after college. Like you can run and do fun races for the rest of your life. So I think now I'm like, well, you know, I didn't get to accomplish these goals my freshman year, but I still have so much time to do what I love. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so like fun about running is there isn't exactly, I mean, I guess with most sports too, you can go to pick up games whenever, but it's just so cool to get to a point in your relationship with it where you just know it's always there and you can always go to it just for fun, you know, and it's always a release Mm -hmm. of stress. Um, Because I think a lot of runners struggle with, I want this PR here and now and like I need it now. And I think just coming to terms with the fact that it's not going to happen now and God has a different plan just brings you so much peace. And so that's amazing how you've kind of overcome everything. Yeah. And I think it was cool just um, really relying on God and trusting his plan just meant that like, I didn't have to figure it out myself, which was like a big, like stress reliever and gave me a lot of peace, like you were mentioning. And I think also just seeing a lot of professional runners who haven't had like a perfect smooth four years in college, but yet they still were able to like get to the next level. And I mean, for me, I don't think that I would like to be a pro runner, but I know I want to run for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and keep like pushing myself. And so I think it's cool that to see all of these professional runners, um, they all have different stories and like, there's no one path to success. So if you do have an injury or a setback, like you can still find your way back to your goals, which is really cool. Yeah. And then on your account, along with your injuries, you've mentioned your recovery and your eating disorder. So how did underfueling and subconsciously trying to be that like healthy runner doing the right thing stereotype, how did that affect your running, especially because you started in high school? And I know that's quite a prominent time where that is a big deal to a lot of girls, the whole body type, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I just, um, I kind of fell into the trap that like, I needed to be this, you know, like super thin runner and like that was going to make me fast and that was going to make me the best. And I just think at the time I was just so naive and I really didn't realize how harmful that was. So, um, and I just felt like there was, it wasn't really talked about much in high school. And that's something that I want to change for the next generation. Like I would love to, to, um, like go to high school teams and talk to them and just like raise awareness. Um, cause for me, you know, I just wasn't eating enough at all. And, I, you know, I thought it was going to make me fast and it really did the opposite. My first year of running, I was like, had a good relationship with food. And, um, so I felt strong. And then my last two years of high school is when things started to go downhill. And I just remember, you know, all of my runs, I would be so tired and some of my runs, like I would run good times or a good pace or whatever, but I would just feel terrible while doing it. And I just had to mentally talk myself through every run because my body just was getting so weak and I knew it was a problem. And, you know, my parents, my coaches, my friends, like everyone was so worried about me, but I just, it was just weird. It was almost like my mind couldn't, couldn't take that leap of faith to recover and just like, couldn't comprehend how terrible underfueling was. I just thought, Oh, whatever, like I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I just, I thought, you know, the injury cycle and all of the negative health effects. I just thought they wouldn't happen to me, which of course they did happen to me. Um, and so 
if I could go back and do it all over again, obviously I wish that I just trusted my body and fueled my body in high school. Cause I know I could have run so many faster times. And I think the dangerous part of um, under fueling as a runner is if you're running well, or you're running good, or you're in your top seven on your team or something, you think, Oh, I'm running well, nothing's wrong. But like what you don't realize is you could be that much better if you were just fueling your body yeah. properly. So I think that was like the mistake I made in high school. I was like, Oh, I'm running well, like I'm, I'm fine. You know, but I just now looking back, I realized I was nowhere near my full potential, which is tough. Yeah. And I think that's something so hard about it because when you base your worth and like how you're doing off of times and it's not brought out to light the actual problems you know it's hard to trust people around you when they're telling you what's actually mm-hmm. wrong because usually when you're going through that and you're achieving all these PRs and getting faster but you're not doing well your brain is irrational and it's telling you I'm fine I'm fine and it's yeah. really hard to break out of that cycle because to see all this quote-unquote hard work you've put in like go to waste sucks it does to know that like okay, I might never run this pace for another year or two again, but your physical health and your mental health is so much more important than any pace you could ever run. Yeah, for sure. I think I've learned so much over the past few years to just like focus on the big picture and like the long term. Um, it's not worth it to underfuel, and, you know, maybe you'll get faster for a few months before your body breaks down or even a couple years, but it's, it's just so not worth it to, yeah. you know, to, to, maybe you'll run good for a couple months or a couple years and then your body just crashes. And, you know, if you would have just fueled your body properly, then you can run great for years and years. And, um, I just, you know, I wish I noticed that in high school. I wish I knew that, but you know, I can just, all I can do is just, you know, just learn from my mistakes and just, you know, try and set a good example for the future and everything. And just use my, I think what I've really been passionate about is just using my struggles for good and using them to help other people so that they have a purpose. Yeah. And what was your turning point in all of this where you realized how much potential you were holding yourself back from and kind of what sparked your recovery mentally? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I feel like my recovery story is kind of unique, um, in the sense that it was kind of an overnight shift for me. So, Um, I got injured um, the fall of my freshman year of college and was on crutches for three months, um, was doing some cross training. And um, at the end of the spring, then um, the coach and the doctors and the medical staff at Pitt, um, they knew that I had an issue um, with eating and they had been trying to help me the whole year. And I was kind of just stuck in that like quasi recovery, kind of trying to do the bare minimum. And they definitely knew that. And they tried so hard to help me, but I just... Um, yeah, I was just like stuck in that middle place. And so then they told me that, um, because of my injury and my struggles with eating that I had to take a step away from the team, my sophomore year. And I like, was not allowed to be on the team, um, for my sophomore year of college, because, you know, they were like, you're, you're clearly not fully recovered. You're not working hard to recover and you have this hip injury. So just for your mental and your physical health, it's just like, it's not safe for you to be in this environment. And you know, in the moment, I was obviously just devastated because I had worked so hard to become a division one athlete at a power five school. And then it was all taken away from me in an instant, um, which by my own doing, like I did that to myself. 
and not just um, like the pain and the guilt and like the embarrassment that I felt like was just like nothing I'd ever felt before in my life. Um, and I was just absolutely crushed. And now looking back, I am so grateful that that happened to me because I think a lot of uh, a lot of other colleges, a lot of other programs do not put the physical health or the mental health of their athletes first. You know, if they're running well, that's all they care about. So I'm just really grateful at Pitt that they um, they wanted me to be a healthy person first and then a runner. So I'm just really grateful they put me as a person first. And so that moment, that Zoom meeting I had with my coach and the team doctor really like changed my life forever because um, I just remember after that meeting, like, for the rest of the day, I was kind of just like in a state of shock, like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be on the team next year. Like, what do I do? And I just realized like, why, why did I do this to myself? Like I, I've kind of just destroyed my running career all for what? So I can like look a certain way. Like yeah. I learned real hard and real fast what really mattered in life. And that's like being a healthy, strong person and being able to run like that matters so much more than what you look like. And so I vowed from that day on, I was like, I am going to change my life. I need to fix this because, you know, if I want to run again, if I ever want to be a healthy, strong person, I need to fix this. And, um, I just, you know, I was like, I'm not living my fullest potential in life and I need to fix that. So I was really grateful for that wake up call. And I honestly believe that, um, it was really God that just like flipped that switch in my mind. And so, um, the next day I started meeting with a registered dietitian who specialized like in athletes that have eating disorders. And she also just changed my life. She was such an incredible person. And um, she just really helped me get on the right track with fueling. Um, I started eating so much more and eating a lot more healthy fats and just eating like so many foods that I had restricted for so long, even in, you know, when I was in my quasi recovery state, I still wasn't eating a lot of types of foods. And so I just put those all back in my diet. And um, I just remember that day, that first meeting with my dietitian, I just told myself, I have to take a leap of faith. Like I'm so scared right now, but I just have to take a leap of faith and trust this dietitian and trust what she's saying. And I'm just going to see what happens. And that was like the best decision that I ever made for sure. Yeah. And I know that everyone struggles with comparison through times like this. How did you navigate comparison? Yeah. So, um, I think my faith really helped me a lot with comparison, just knowing that like God created me as a unique individual with a unique purpose. And even if, if somebody isn't religious, um, you know, we are all different people. All of us, um, have just so many different parts, um, to like our brains. Like we have different interests. We have different passions. We look differently. Um, we talk differently. Like everyone is so unique and has unique gifts that they can bring to this world. And just knowing that my purpose is different than everybody else in the world. I think that helped me um, to like, to not compare myself to others. And I know like everyone's recovery is different. Um, and so I just kind of tried to just stay in my own lane and just focus on like myself and my recovery. Um, and so I first met with my dietitian. It was like June of 2021. So it's been a little over a year since I kind of made that switch to recovery. And it's just been like the best thing ever. And um, my life is just so much better now. So I'm really grateful for that. That's awesome. What kind of gave you hope in the darkest times? Yeah, so um, what gave me hope, I think that like, you know, being let go from the team for this year, um, it made me realize that I was not okay. And um, kind of once I allowed myself to like admit that, 
then I realized like how much of my potential I was wasting in my life and how much I just was not living life to the fullest. Cause I just remember when I had, you know, when I was really struggling with my eating disorder, I just never felt fully present in life. Mm. And um, so I think once I allowed myself to really realize how, how bad my life was when I had my eating disorder, I just, um, what gave me hope was just knowing that like I had the power to turn my life around and like start living the life that I wanted to live. And just knowing that God has a beautiful plan for my life just gave me so much hope. And I knew that there would be better times in the future and better times ahead. And I think just um, having that goal of returning to running and returning to the sport that I loved in a healthy way, um, that also just gave me so much hope. And it was really great to have like a goal to strive towards. Cause I'm just like a very goal oriented person. And that helped keep me grounded in recovery and like has prevented me from sliding backwards because I just know that like, if I don't fuel my body properly, I'm going to get injured and I won't be able to run. And that just like keeps me grounded. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And then what keeps you close to God and finding joy in him daily and just remembering that he has a purpose for you? Yeah, I think what gives me, what keeps me close to God is just like, um, I try to, you know, to go to church with my friends every week and um, pray each day and like read the Bible. And um, I listen to Christian music a lot, which I really love. And it's great sometimes if you're having a bad day and you just like, don't know what to say or how to pray. If you just put on some Christian music, yeah. like it just always makes my mood feel so much better. Um, and I think just trying to find joy in all the little moments, like now that I can run and I am running healthy and strong, like every run, I kind of just use that as a way to just like, thank God um, for just all of the goodness and all of the little things in life, the little things and the big things. Um, I think I try and like find God in every moment of the day and everything that happens to me. And that's like just how it, it keeps me close to him. And just, um, I think having this injury and then coming out on the other side and looking back and seeing like, wow, like God had a plan for that time. Like that injury had a purpose that now gives me hope. And I think that if I have other injuries in the future or just other hard times, like I can look back on my experience and know like, Hey, God had a plan during that injury you had a couple of years ago. So like he has a plan for whatever you're going through right now. Yeah. And with that, you returned to running um, yeah. a few months back. How has that been now that you're injury free and like recovered, feeling your body and do you have any current goals? Yeah. So um, the return to running has been awesome. Um, it's definitely has not been linear because I've had, um, ever since I got the stress fracture in my hip, my, I have some tendonitis there that I've been kind of trying to work on. So I do get some moments where like my tendonitis will flare up and my hip will get a little sore. So I've been doing some physical therapy and that's been helping a lot, but, um, last August, so almost a year ago, that was my first run. And really over the past year, I've just been slowly building back into mileage. Um, I've done a lot more cross training just so that I can stay at a little bit lower mileage. Um, and it's really taught me so much about patience and, um, I've learned a lot about cross training. Um, so that's been fun. So maybe I'll be a triathlete someday. You never know. Um, cause I've been doing a lot of biking and swimming and things like that. Um, but it's just been so much fun. And I think just during this return to running, I've just been so grateful for the opportunity and just so grateful to be running again. So that's been a lot of fun. I missed it so much. So I've really been enjoying doing long runs again and workouts and tempo runs and all those things that I missed so much. 
And now that I've been fueling my body, I feel so much better on all of my runs and my workouts and like, you know, workouts will still be hard. Races will feel hard, but it'll be a good hard. Mm -hmm. Um, It won't be like, and I'm dying and my body's going to collapse kind of hard. Like it's a good, hard feeling. And it's just, I kind of forgot what it felt like to run and feel good because, you know, my last two years of high school and the beginning of college, I just, you know, was not feeling my body. And so it had been a few years that I had actually been running strong. And so it's just been so much fun. And um, it's really like confirmed that fueling your body is the right thing to do because I feel so much better on my runs. And so right now my current plan is to be returning to the team at Pitt next year. So I'm very excited about that possibility. Um, Kind of the protocol in the NCAA is when you leave a team, you have to try out to come back on. So that's the plan right now. Um, I'll be trying out at the end of August and hopefully we'll be on the team next year, but like, no matter what happens, I'm just going to still be racing and, you know, trying to challenge myself and set new PRs. Um, This, you know, this past year when I wasn't on the team, I was on the club team at Pitt. So I was still able to do some meets and races. Um, So yeah, really my current goals is to return to the team and just kind of continue to challenge myself and have fun with it. That's awesome. I like, I'm not running quite yet, um, but I'm like so excited for the first run. I just can't even imagine the endorphins that are going to come and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then what's your current relationship with exercise like? Because I know for some people, exercise does play a big part into their eating disorder. So how has that shifted? Yeah. um, I think for me, just having a coach um, with running is very helpful because they kind of give you like a training plan and you don't have to try and figure everything out on your own. So that's been helpful. But I think for me, um, just learning to listen to my body throughout this whole year of like returning to running has helped me a lot with exercise. And um, I just think again, getting injured gave me like a, just a huge perspective shift of like um, kind of what happens when you don't eat enough and you exercise too much. And so I think that like, knowing that if I exercise too much and I don't eat enough, I'm going to get injured. That kind of, again, keeps me grounded. Um, So yeah, I feel like exercise now for me is like, I truly enjoy it. And I just, I know that I don't have to force myself to do anything. And so that's been really great. Yeah. How does running make you feel empowered in your body and yourself? Yeah. So um, I think it's been really cool returning to running. Um, I'm much much, much heavier than I was when I was in the middle of my eating disorder. But I think I feel so much better in my body now because I truly try and focus on loving my body for what it allows me to do and for like the life that it allows me to live. And I know like I've seen this, I feel like on so many social media accounts where just focusing on like gratitude for what your body allows you to do and like seeing your body as just the vessel that allows you to experience life. That's helped me tremendously throughout my recovery journey. So now I think I just view my body as something that allows me to do all these things that I love to do. And just seeing my body as something that is like so special and amazing. Like as a nursing major, you know, learning about the human body and all the things that it does, it's so cool. And so I think like knowing that, um, knowing how amazing our bodies are, it's helped me to be like, yeah, like I need to just fuel my body and give it so much love because it does so much for me and does so many amazing things. And I think running just makes me feel even more empowered knowing that because my body's healthy, I'm able to run all these miles and just do so many fun things. Yeah, that's awesome. 
What are your tips to people for separating your identity and worth from food and your body? Yeah, I think just like going back to the gratitude and just like um, loving your body for the life that it allows you to live. Um, I think for so long I faced or I placed way too much validation, way too much of my worth in like what I looked like. And now um, I just place my worth in like the life that I am living. And that's what's most important is like the things you're able to experience, the people that you meet, like the, um, all the things that you do and the fun memories you make, like that's what's most important in life, not what your body looks like. Like you're not going to look back and remember, you know, the, the size clothes you wore. Like you're going to remember the vacation you went on with your family, the ice cream trips with your friends. Like that's what you remember in life. And so I think, um, that's what's, you know, helped me so much. Yeah. I think especially as in the early stages of recovery, every single time I'll, or I would go out with someone to eat or, you know, do something fun. I remember that time and not what my body looks like, but every time I would, you know, say no, because I was insecure about my body, you remember that so much more. And that's not something personally I want to remember. Um, and I think just knowing that, like, you know, time really is fleeting and like you're here and now just enjoy where you are now, you know, and accept where you are in the present and any, any issues you can deal with when they're present, you know, don't look, look ahead to the future, but don't look so far ahead that it's consuming you because you're worried and upset, you know, and just being present has been a big one just with grateful, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. Like, I definitely feel the same way where, you know, I've realized life is very short. Like I'm already, I'm almost 21 and I like can't believe how fast college has gone by. And it's made me realize like, I just, life is short and I just want to be present and live in the moment and live life to the fullest because I don't want to look back when I'm older and like regret missing out on all these memories. Yeah, there's that trend going around on TikTok or there was a couple weeks ago, like, I can always get money back, but I'll never be like 20 traveling the world, like 20, you know, eating good food. And I love that because it's so true because just experiencing each day and being grateful for it and present is so important because if you don't, time really does pass you by quickly and Mm -hmm. there's a lot you're missing. Yeah. Um, What inspired you to start your social medias? Yeah. So I started my Instagram actually Um, right before my senior year of high school. So I was not in a good place with food or exercise at all, but I like had always loved cooking. And I started like taking pictures of like fun oatmeal bowls or smoothie bowls that I would make. And I had wanted to make an Instagram for a while. And my friends were like, just do it, like make a food Instagram. So I did. And then, um, so I, I was graduated high school in 2020. So um, my senior year was when COVID hit. And so that was when my account really took off, I think, because, you know, I had so much free time and a lot of people were just on social media more during quarantine. So that's really where it started. Like it just started as something for fun and which it still is. It still is just like kind of a hobby of mine. Like, I don't think I'd ever want to turn this into a career just because I like to like keep it fun and not have to stress about things. But um, yeah, just has just started as a way to share food. And now it's so much more than that. And I, I love like sharing my life to just help give other people hope and give inspiration to other people, you know, that like recovery is possible and recovery is worth it. And if you do have an injury, like you can come back from it. 
And um, I just love sharing other aspects of my life too, like the food, the running, faith, just lifestyle things, um, and like balancing running as being a nursing major in college. Like it's just a good creative outlet for me. Um, and just like a great way to meet people. I've met some of my best friends on this, like through Instagram. And it's just cool to meet so many like-minded people that share similar interests, like from all over the world. Like I think the yeah. community aspect is the, my favorite part of it. And just meeting so many people and just, just spreading like love and kindness has just been amazing. And I think now, like when I initially started my account, I still was kind of in the middle of my eating disorder. So I think some of the content that I put out initially was not, um, not helpful. And so I think now I just want to kind of make up for that and just put out really inspiring content, make up for some of the triggering things that I may have posted unintentionally when I first had the account. Yeah. And did you get your stress fracture in like late 2020 or early 2021? Yeah, it was like November of 2020. Okay, because I, this is kind of a full circle moment for me because I had several like under fueling related smaller injuries that like I took a month or two off. And I remember like sitting in bed crying and scrolling through like all these girls' Instagrams, like looking for their, their injury recovery, like stories and how they overcame injury. And I remember coming across your page and like reading your posts and you're just like such a light on social media. So thank Thank you you for being so open and sharing. And, um, you know, something I'm realizing is everything you do and show does have an impact and like people come to me and I don't consider myself to be you know some sort of crazy like influencer sharing anything but I people come to me and say like thank you for sharing this or that and I think being authentic is something people really value even if they don't know it they do value when they have see authentic people posting because everyone just craves the ability to be themselves you know and when yeah. you're an account that's authentic, it's like opening up that opportunity and saying, hey, like, come as you are. Yeah, yeah thank you so much for that. Um, of course. I totally agree. I know when I was injured, um, I was, I also was just looking through social media, like trying to find somebody who had the same injury as me. And I know um, like Emily Infeld, Emma Coburn, Corey McGee, um, a lot of pro runners have had um, similar injuries to me and even some collegiate runners as well. Um, and so seeing their stories and seeing their comeback from injury was so helpful to me when I was going through it myself, because it just helped me to realize like, yes, I can come out the other side. And, um, it just warms my heart to know that I was able to help you as well. Cause I think some days where I'm not feeling as motivated to post or where I think, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not really that big of an account. Like what impact am I making? Um, like getting, hearing these stories and I get messages every day from people telling me how much I've helped them through their injury recovery or their eating disorder recovery. And like, that makes it all worth it. You know, if I can just literally help one person and make a positive impact on their life, then it is just so worth it. Yeah. So I know part of your journey on social media was being vegan and kind of showing that transition off of it. How was that transition for you? And did you struggle with that as part of identity? Like you might've with running? Yeah. So I think, um, I, I thought about like really once I started meeting with my dietitian and really started the recovery journey, um, the idea of not being vegan anymore was kind of in the back of my head. Um, but I just was like kind of scared to like change because I had been vegan for three years at that point. But then once I like brought it up with my dietitian and we talked about it, she, um, was definitely all for it. And 
Um, for me, I think at that point, having somebody else support me with the decision really helped kind of like gave me that confirmation, like, okay, if she thinks I should do it, then I really should. Um, just because like, I just felt like I was kind of vegan for some of the right reasons, but also some of the wrong reasons. And, um, I think, you know, I wanted to eat plant-based and, you know, help animals in the environment. Cause I do love our earth and animals, but also I knew that I was being vegan as an excuse to not eat certain foods as well. And so I knew that if I wanted to fully recover, I probably shouldn't be vegan. And um, I just felt like incorporating more of a balance of all foods was just gonna help me be a stronger athlete as well. And so once I kind of made that decision, I think um, I didn't struggle much. I think I just struggled more with deciding just to go for it. Yeah. Um, because once I stopped being vegan, I realized how much I had missed these foods and I was just like excited to eat them again. But um, I was very lactose intolerant at first since I hadn't had dairy in like three years. Um, but then my body got used to it after a few months. So that's been good. Um, and I definitely missed like eating salmon and ice cream and just some of these other foods that I had missed when it being vegan. Yeah, salmon was definitely a big one for me too. I, I love salmon and looking back, I was like, no, I really did miss it. But now I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm really glad I'm eating it again. Um, yeah. And I think the cool thing too, um, just jumping back to that is that you can still like eat a lot of plant foods and like help the environment, but also eating some animal foods just for like your mental and your physical health as well. Yeah. And I'll have people ask me kind of how to, you know, stop being vegan to recover. I mean, I say, well, you really just have to go for it and realize that being vegan will always be there for you. You know, you can always be vegan, maybe 10 years down the road, if you can do it healthily and yeah. you're okay with eating all these vegan alternatives and, you know, not be doing it for the wrong reasons. It's always there. But right now that door needs to close because my dietitian, she said, if you're not mentally and physically healthy, you cannot do anything for the animals and the planet's health. Yes. And if no, you're that's not, like what my dietitian said yeah, too. she said, I if you're that. not at a hundred percent, you cannot help the animals or the planet. And that has stuck with me because I would love to be vegan, but I just know I can't do it in a healthy mindset. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, it really shouldn't, like it shouldn't matter what I eat if I, I do care about the planet and the animals, but it shouldn't weigh on me so heavily that I feel like I committed a crime for eating fish or something. Yeah. Like and yeah. so like unlearning all that has been a process, but I think it's something really important in recovery, especially if you're coming from a background where maybe you grew up eating meat or dairy and then you went vegan and then it turned into something. I think it's really important to kind of evaluate your relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah. And on social media, you know, you share kind of everything about your life and lifestyle. How has that impacted the way you think about running your body, food? How has it kind of just impacted your life in general? Yeah. So I think that um, just having the social media account has helped me so much. And just like connecting with people that have had similar stories as me, it's just so inspiring. Um, and it just makes me know that like I'm not alone. And um, I think it's just so cool to have such a, you know, great community of really awesome people on the internet. And I think that just social media has helped me a lot because um, I know that like for some people it can be toxic and it can lead to comparison. But I think for me, just seeing other people recovering and um, living their best life, it's just like 
really empowered me and like inspired me to do the same with my own life. Yeah, I love that. What are your tips for anyone taking time off a of sport, um, recovery related or injury related? Yeah. Um, so what I would say is definitely like find a support system, whether that's like your friends or your family or um, like a counselor or a dietitian, um, really anyone in your life that you love and you trust, um, just really to lean on your support system. That helped me so much. Um, and to try and stay connected if you can to your team and to the sport, because as hard as it is to see people running when you're not running, I think that like isolating yourself is even harder. So I would just say trying to stay connected to your friends and loved ones, and also just trying to find other things that you love. So for me, when I was injured, I focused a lot on content creation and my social media page. because that was like something I could still do, even though I was injured. And I also love to read. So I read so many books when I was injured um, and just like hung out with family and friends. So just trying to find um, other ways to still enjoy yourself and relax is really important. And I think also um, just trying to like, you know, if you're feeling upset and you're feeling really discouraged that you can't do the sport you love, you know, know that that's just, that's normal and that's okay. Like it's okay to just kind of sit with those feelings and then find a way to like find your joy again. Um, and something that, um, the pastor at my church had said when I was like, it was the fall of my freshman year of college, I had just gotten injured and I was you know, really struggling. And at church, he had said, God will give you the strength to move mountains or to climb the mountains if he doesn't move. And that just will stick with me forever. I actually got like a mountain tattoo to symbolize that because it's that. probably like my favorite thing I've ever heard because it's so true. Like sometimes God will move that mountain for you and you know, whatever tough thing you're facing, it'll, you know, disappear or you'll get through it or, you know, you'll have that great race or whatever it is. But sometimes the mountain is not moved and you're going to get injured or you're going to go through a hard time in life. But like God will give you the strength to climb that mountain and to get through it, which is like just so amazing. And that like gave me so much hope during my injury. So just know that like when you take time off, it's hard, but it's temporary and you have like your whole life ahead of you. So, um, just to like stay patient and just take it day by day. Um, and just, I, what helped me also was like making goals for my future, like things I had to look forward to that helped me a lot as well. Yeah. If yeah. you could say anything to the whole world, what would it be? Oh my gosh. I know exactly what I think I would say. Um, just to like fuel your body. Um, I just wish I could like just shout this to the whole world because I feel like there's still so many people that might not. Um, realize how dangerous underfueling is like maybe it hasn't caught up to them yet so they they think like oh I'm fine like you know I'm not I'm not you know injured yet like I'm fine but just like knowing if I could just have everyone know how just terrible it is for your body and just if I could just help everybody to recover like that would just be the best thing ever um, and I think that when you are going through an eating disorder or you're not fueling your body properly um, you might not notice the effects at first because your body like breaks down from the inside out. So um, I think with me, with this happened to me and this happened to a lot of people, like until you learn the hard way, you're not going to realize how dangerous it is. But I just wish everyone could, I could just tell the whole world how um, dangerous underfueling is and also how great recovery is. So I think for me, I was so scared to recover. I know a lot of people are. There's very few people out there that aren't scared of recovery. And just, if I could just tell everyone how worth it it is, 
that would just be amazing because once you're out on the other side, like your life is just a hundred times better. You're so much happier um, and just feeling so much better about yourself. And you're so excited to like take on the world and live your best life. And I just want like everyone to feel that way. So I just want everyone to know that, you know, recovery is hard, but it is so worth it. It's the, probably the best decision you'll ever make in your life. It's definitely one of the hardest, but probably one of the best too. Yeah. Um, and then two fun little closing questions. First, what does a day in your life typically look like? Yeah. So um, it really depends, honestly, like if I'm in school or um, over summer vacation, my life looks very different. Um, So right now I'm still on my summer break, but I am working as a nursing assistant at our children's hospital. And I just love that job so much. I love working with the kids. So right now a day in my life usually looks like um, depending on what hours I'm working, I'll either run before or after work. And then um, I work at the hospital and help take care of the patients that are there, which is just always so, so rewarding. And then usually I will get home and um, I'll try to read a little bit if I have time. Usually I don't have time. Um, Cook some good food. Usually I'll call my mom or dad. Um, Love talking to my family. And if I'm not working, you know, I'll hang out with some friends. But yeah, usually, you know, running, eating, going to work. Um, doing some content creating that's kind of like what a usual what a day looks like for me yeah and what would your last meal on earth be like your deathbed meal (laughs) oh my goodness this is so hard because I like one thing about me is I can never like pick a favorite of anything whether it's food or music or things like that but I do I love ice cream and I love pizza and I also love Caesar salad so honestly I feel like that would be my last meal on earth Probably. I think okay. so. Although if you ask me tomorrow, it'd probably be a it different change, answer. Yeah. But right now that's my answer. That's pretty strong. Do you like like thin crust or thick crust pizza? Um, I would say like in the middle. So in not the middle. deep dish pizza, but not the super thin crust either. And I love like adding black olives, mm. onions, peppers. Like that's my favorite kind of pizza. Mushrooms too. I'm a big mushroom gal. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast had a great conversation um and why don't you tell everyone your social media so they know where to find you yeah thank you so much again ruby for having me on here this was so much fun i really enjoyed it and so my instagram and my tiktok are both at caroline's fit life and i do have a youtube i don't post on there as much um because it's just hard to find time for everything but my youtube is just my name which is caroline beard awesome thank you so much for coming on and we'll see See everyone listening in the next episode.